another day at the salt mines. I have a master's degree, and I'm spending days driving kids around and changing diapers. This can't be my calling in life. I should be making way more than I am for this position. I'm worth so much more than this. How am I supposed to thrive in an environment when I constantly feel put down? <sighs> my gifts and talents seem so unimportant here. T-G-I-F. I just see no way forward or future in the work that I'm doing. This job. I must be cursed. I heard more layoffs are coming. But without this job, I'm worthless. College bills, the mortgage, retirement. You're telling me I've still got to work another 15 years before it's all over? I should just get a job at a church. Because working for God sounds so nice. None of this matters anyway. I'm just in it for the paycheck. Lord, these conditions aren't ideal. I don't even like this job. But for now, you did put me here. Thanks for providing for me. And please help me to do my best to see this as an opportunity to serve and to glorify you. So maybe you can relate. Maybe you feel empty without purpose at your job right now or out of place. Maybe you feel like, hey, I have more to give. Where you are doesn't really matter. Well, let me tell you something. God sees you. And, and not only does he see you, he's with you. And longs to give you, hey, the grace and the power to go to work as if it's your calling and your ministry. So today we'll look at how we can approach our daily routines with the attitude and the mindset of Christ. This is Bold Steps. When you do your secular job with a spiritual mindset, it becomes a holy job and it becomes ministry. So I'm challenging everyone here to get into full-time ministry. Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. The series, Mark, that you're in is called God at Work, the Sacred Value of What You Do. And today you begin this message titled, Turning Your Work into Ministry. So you're saying that no matter what job I have, it can become a ministry, huh? That's right. Wayne, oftentimes we don't have that mindset. And I talk to so many people that are working at a very difficult place in a very secular environment, and they resent it. They don't like it. They feel like, I can't wait to get out of here. And and the real stuff may be the small group Bible study they have in the Mm -hmm. evening or Sunday school on Sunday morning. And I think that is just a wrong mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, there are people at your job that will never enter into a church that I could never speak to as a pastor, that they would turn me off right away as soon as they find out that, hey, I'm a pastor. But guess what? They'll listen to you. (laughs) Not just by the words that you say, but by the attitude that you demonstrate, by the quality of the work that you do, by your perspective on life. You are in a great place to do ministry. Again, don't neglect your job by preaching. And I've had people say, I'm under persecution. Why? Well, they fired me for my job. Why did they fire you? (laughs) Well, they said I was preaching too much. Well, if you're preaching and not doing (laughs) a good job, they should have fired you. And so I'm, don't call that persecution, call that bad work ethics. Mm -hmm. But I'm talking about doing our work for God in such a way 
that we realize this is a sacred calling, whether I'm a plumber, a truck driver, I work at a funeral home, input data in a computer downtown, I'm a teacher at a public school, whatever your job may be, you have a sacred calling. Such a great perspective. Let's learn more now from Colossians chapter 3 in today's message from Mark. You know, I run into a lot of people that have a mentality that separates the sacred from the secular. When they think about work, they think secular. When they think about church or ministry, they think sacred. And we have this mentality that there's two worlds. There's the holy world and the secular world. I mentioned last week that there is two extremes about how we think about our job. Some of you go to work just to get a paycheck and you endure your job. Oh, Jesus, give me strength to make it through one more day at work. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And some of you view your job as a curse. Like, all right, I guess I have to go to work. It's my curse. It's my cross to bear, but I'll do it because I have a mortgage payment or a car payment or my kids are in college, and so I guess I have to do it. That's one extreme. The other extreme is we sometimes idolize our work. And our work is our life. We view our work as our identity and everything revolves around work and our position and our paycheck and our advancement. We wake up thinking about work. We go to bed thinking about work. Uh, what happens at work determines our identity. And if we were to get let loose of our work, there are some people out there when they get fired from their job, they go commit suicide because when they've lost their job, they've lost everything. So there's two extremes. One is work is a curse and I just go there to get a paycheck. Another one is work is my identity and everything in life revolves around that. And last week I told you that those two extremes are both wrong. There is a middle ground where work is not an idol and work is not a curse, but where work is a calling and an act of worship. Now, I know that some of you are struggling even when I say that because you say, Pastor, you don't know where I work. I mean, if you knew where I work, you would not think it's a calling. But, but, but I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that because I believe, hear me well, listen to me, I'm going to give you a challenge today. You may be washing dishes at a restaurant downtown, or you may be managing a company, or you may be an accountant or an electrician or a carpenter. You may be a teacher, a fireman, or a policeman. Uh, you may work at a hospital as a, in doing nursing. You may be a, a, a caretaker for the elderly. Uh, you may work at a daycare. I, I don't know what your job is. We have literally thousands of jobs represented here. But I do know this, that it's not the job that you do, it's the mentality in which you do it that determines whether it's a blessing or a curse. In fact, my job, my goal today is to have you go to work on Monday morning with this mentality. I'm going to my ministry. I'm going to my ministry. I'm going to my calling. I'm engaging in the calling that God has given me. Uh, think about it. 
Think about how things would change if you got up on Monday morning and thought to yourself, hey, I'm going to my calling. This is part of what I'm called to do, part of what God has gifted me to do, called me to do, empowered me to do. Uh, this is something that God is giving me the strength and not only that, but giving me his grace to be able to do. If you started viewing it that way, think about the difference that it would make. Now, down through the years, by the way, and I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3 because that's the passage that we're going to be focusing on. But down through the years, there have been different views of work in the medieval church, around the time, in the, in the 15th century, around the time of Martin Luther, not Martin Luther, the civil rights reformer, but Mar Martin Luther, the theologian, the monk-turned-pastor uh, who brought about what's called the Reformation. There was two extremes that existed also in his day concerning work. Uh, the... the Medieval church believed that, well, they believed sort of that there was this, that they were going to dominate society, that the church would dominate society. And so uh, many of them had this sort of triumphalism that thought that the church should run government and the church should run every institution and there was struggles in power be, be, between the uh, powers to be of the church and the government. And at that time, uh, sometimes uh, uh, kings were excommunicated from the church and the people high up in the church got involved in politics big time. And sometimes the, the leaders of the church were more powerful than kings and queens. And so the church got involved in a lot of politics and a lot of state affairs, and the medieval church believed that the church was there to bring, uh, to, to dominate society and to sort of establish the kingdom. It was triumphalism that we should rule the world. Then there was another extreme that was labeled the Anabaptist movement, uh, not directly related to the Baptists of today, but it was called the Anabaptists. And many of the Anabaptists believed that the world and anything that was secular was evil and that they were simply to be about the things of the kingdom. So they did, did not get involved in politics. They did not vote. They did not do military service. They withdrew from anything that revolved with society in the world, and they believe that they should only focus on spiritual things and that any involvement in the world was evil and was secular and they should abstain. So there was two extremes. One, that the church is to rule the world and dominate society. And secondly, that the church is to have nothing to do with secular society, voting, politics, social order, and is just to devote themselves to the things of uh, the spiritual things. Those two extremes still exist in today's Christianity. And you see some people struggling with those both, both extremes. How about it? Have you seen it? I know a lot of pastors, a lot of teachers. Some are really, really, really involved in politics and believe that that's what should, 
what should happen and that the church should be exercising politics and determining laws and that the whole focus should be that the United States should be a Christian nation and the law should be Christian and the president should be Christian and that we should basically exercise influence and dominion over this country and oftentimes at churches like that or, or people engaged in that, you'll hear a lot of politics being talked, candidates being promoted from the podium and from the platform. Oftentimes there'll be an American flag and a Christian flag on the platform. And the whole idea is we are here and we help rule the world with this Christian influence. On the other hand, you have people that totally abstain from politics influence in society and discourage voting don't get involved in social issues and completely say that the church's job is simply to educate people spiritually and help them out and how many of you have struggled between those two extremes and trying to figure out hey what is it that we should really where, where does the church really stand That's Mark Job, and this is Bold Steps. Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. We'll return to the second half of today's message in just a moment. The title of this program is Turning Your Work into Ministry, and it's part of the bigger series, God at Work, The Sacred Value of What You Do. And to hear this or any past Bold Steps broadcast, go to boldstepsradio.org. Or for even easier listening on the go, subscribe to the Bold Steps podcast and listen from your phone while you're hiking or biking or simply working around the house. You'll find us on any major podcast platform by searching for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job. And another great way to fit in some more Bold Steps lesson is through the new Bold Steps Minute, where you can hear a short 60-second piece of insightful Bible teaching. To start listening today, just visit boldstepsminute.org. Well, in order to have a ministry mindset in your work, you have to have a new attitude. And continuing now with our message titled, Turning Your Work into Ministry, here's Mark Job. Martin Luther, in a sense, in the Reformation, he brought about this idea of there's no difference between the secular world and the sacred world. It's something that's taught in Scripture, but he reinstituted, and the idea was this. In the medieval ages, people that were involved in ministry, the clergy, the priests, and the pastors, they were viewed as people that had holy jobs with a calling in their life, and everybody else was viewed as people that just kind of did secular work. Martin Luther re-engaged in the idea of the priesthood of all believers. The idea that if you're a plumber... You have a calling on your life to do plumbing in Jesus' name in a secu- in Jesus name and in a holy way, just like a pastor has a calling on his life to preach the word and pray for people and help people grow, that there is really no difference between calling, that we all have a calling, and all of our callings are holy. Uh, some of you, that shocks you a little bit. We're used to talking to pastors or missionaries or evangelists and saying, well, you have a calling of God on your life to do the work of God. But what about the electrician? We view it sort of, well, that's just a job. 
He's an electrician. Became an apprentice, joined the union, goes to work, figures out his job, hangs out with everybody else, but it's not a calling. It's sort of a secular job. And what Martin Luther taught is the priesthood of all believers and what Colossians chapter 3 teaches as well, and, and I believe this is the concept that I want you to grasp, is that according to Colossians chapter 3, if you're an electrician and you're a believer, then God has called you to the holy calling of doing electrical work in Jesus' name, and it may not be directly related to souls and prayer and the Bible, but it's directly related to the fact that God has a calling on your life, God has given you a job, and when you do it, you do it in Jesus' name, and when you do it in Jesus' name, it becomes a holy calling. Some of you have never thought about that way. You've never thought that you're going to input information on a computer and that you're going to your calling. I hear people say sometimes, I wish I could just quit my job and just, just devote myself to ministry. And I want to challenge that thought a little bit, and I want to say that if you have the right mentality, you're already in ministry. Oh, hello, let me say that again. I don't think you heard me well. That according to Scripture, all of us here are in ministry already. That all of us here are ministers. That all of us here have a calling. And when you go, when you get up and go to your mechanic shop, it's not like, well, I, the pastor goes to ministry, I go to my job. No, if you have the right mentality, your job becomes your ministry and you're going to your ministry and part of your ministry is fixing cars and helping them run but you do it in Jesus name and you do it with the values of the kingdom and for the purposes of God and with the help of God and presence of God because your job becomes a holy calling in Colossians chapter 3 Colossians 3 22 through 24 says slaves obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you and to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Let me read one other verse. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17 Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to, the, to God the Father through him. If you're ready here, I want you to take out your notes. I want you just to take some notes today because this is really important. I'm about to turn your job into a ministry. Change the way you look at your job in a whole new light. My goal is that on Monday morning when you get up, you'll view your job in a different way. So, the Apostle Paul begins by telling us in Colossians chapter 3 that you can't have a new attitude towards life with an old mindset. So the first thing we need to understand is in order to have a new attitude, we need to change our mindset. You can't go to work as a minister if you don't have a minister's mindset. 
You can't go to work and see it as a ministry unless you, first of all, go with the mentality and the character of that I'm going as a representative of Jesus Christ. And so there's a couple things he tells us to do to prepare not only for our job, but if you're a husband, if you're a wife, if you're a child, if you're a parent, he tells us that this needs to be true of us. Colossians chapter 3 verse 5 says, put to death therefore whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. So how do you dress to do the work of God? Well, first of all, you starve the driving forces of the flesh. Every one of us here is composed of a spirit man and a flesh man, or a spirit, man, a spirit woman and a flesh woman. You have two competing forces inside of you that battle within you. You have the spirit, if you belong to Christ, you have the spirit that's driving you to become something that looks like God, and you have the flesh that's driving you in a different direction. There's not a person here that doesn't feel the battle between the flesh and the spirit. How about it? Did you feel it this week? The flesh telling you to go this way, the spirit telling you to go that way. I mean, we feel it all the time. There's a battle inside of us between the flesh and the spirit. And Paul says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, whatever belongs to the flesh, you need to start putting to death the flesh and start living to the spirit. So that needs to be a part of your regular routine is that you die to the desires of the flesh and you start living to the desires of the spirit. And he tells us basically what some of the earthly fleshly desires are, sexual immorality. That means anything, sex outside of marriage in any way, shape, or form is sexual immorality. Impurity goes beyond just sexual intercourse, has to do with any kind of impurity, pornography, anything short of intercourse that's outside of marriage. Lust has to do more with uh, the mind, the, the lustful thoughts and desires, evil desires, desires that are apart from God, greed, the desire for material things that just boost us up and is not accompanied by a spirit of generosity, which is idolatry, by the way. He says, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. That's Mark Job, and this is Bold Steps. We're learning to take off the old self and put on a new mindset in order to transform our work into ministry. We'll have more on this as the teaching continues tomorrow in our series, God at Work, The Sacred Value of What You Do. Stop by boldstepsradio.org to listen again. You can subscribe to our podcast there or get in touch with us. Our email is boldstepsatmoody.edu. And as we near the end of the month, I want to remind you there's still time to request a copy of this month's Bold Step gift. It's a resource that will equip you with a new perspective on your own life story and how it fits into the greater kingdom of God. Stories of conquests, rebellions, conspiracies mesmerize us. We tell them in fairy tales and in films and poems and in plays. But in most stories, we learn very little about the storyteller himself. And that's where Tony Evans' book, The Kingdom Agenda, is different. For all of history, God has been waging war against the forces of darkness. He's rallied armies, led miraculous victories, and laid down his own life on behalf of the people he loves. And in each chapter of The Kingdom Agenda, Dr. Evans highlights the conquest and the character 
of our Almighty God. You'll see with stunning clarity how the mighty author of history is still fighting today. And do you want to know something incredible? He's calling you into that battle. If you want to know more about the King of Kings and where you fit into his army, this is a resource that you cannot miss out on. Reach out today and request your copy of Dr. Tony Evans' The Kingdom Agenda when you give a gift of any amount to support the ministry of Bold Steps. To request this resource and make your donation of any amount, just go to boldstepsradio.org or call us at 844-615-7363. That's 844-615-7363. You can also send your gift through the mail. Write to us at Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And if you want to make a long-lasting impact with your giving, consider becoming a Bold Partner and sign up to give on a monthly basis. Through the steady support of our Bold Partners, we are able to continue producing and distributing these Bible lessons on the air in your community and in new communities across the globe. And when you sign up to give $30 a month or more, you'll also get the Moody Publishers discount code of 50%. Now that means you'll get half off every devotional, Bible study, and kids' book at the Moody Publishers website. So take your next bold step today and sign up to become a bold partner at boldstepsradio.org or call 844-615-7363. Well, I'm Wade Shepard. We'll see you again tomorrow for part two of our message titled Turning Your Work into Ministry. That's coming up on Wednesday's edition of Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.